0: Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly Shonen Jump manga podcast where we read all the chapters on Viz's Shonen Jump website, as well as something else. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. And this week we read Soul Eater. But before (laughs) we get to that, kind of a big week for Shonen Jump this week, just in terms of of there being a lot. I don't think anything took an off week this week. Plus a bonus chapter that I really wonder where it originally ran. I feel like it would be awkward in Shonen Jump, but maybe it was there. Possibly. I do feel like it would be awkward in Shonen Jump. But we'll get to that in a minute. We started with One Piece Chapter 494, Mummy, which is a good chapter title, although maybe not the main focus of the chapter. Eh, a little bit. I guess, yes, but it's more about Luffy uniting all these guys, you know, like a Luffy does. Yeah, but he does that by becoming a mummy. (laughs) Sort of? I mean, he also ties an elephant's trunk in a cool panel. That was a cool panel, yes. So the prison riot continues. We find out that the virus bullets inflict a virus called mummy on people, which just super dehydrates them, basically.
1: Yeah, it's like mummy rot, and it spreads on contact.
0: Yeah. So he's like, I don't even need to hit any of you. I just need to hit people near you, and it'll be fine. Yep.
1: So then he's convincing the other prisoners to kind of back down because he's like, see you can't do anything. And they start yelling at Luffy like nobody can fight Kaido. Like this is one weapon that some subordinate of Kaido came up with and it is going to pacify this entire prison.
0: Yeah. And Luffy's like, no, you're all cowards and hypocrites. And like this country lost the moment you decided not to fight. Yep. And then he hugs them all to get the virus to show them how serious he is with yep. his stretchy arms. And this turns everybody to his side. Like, it's a in anime.
1: Well, it's not just that. He has the moment where the chief warden notices that spirits are starting to turn when everyone's like, Oh, we thought he was just going to run away, but he's, like, inflicted this curse upon himself. And he's still trying to convince us, like, his words are starting to reach them. So I'm gonna fire this super bomb of the mummy virus into the
0: crowd. Using this elephant trunk, because the animal pirates turn into animals. Well,
1: they have animal bits. They don't actually, because they're, they're not full Zoro, or
0: not Zoro. Um, what is that called? Man, it's been a long time. Zodiac fruits? I think it is Zodiac. It's not Paramecia, and it's not Logia. Yeah, I think it's Zodiac.
1: Or something, something very similar sounding.
0: Yeah, but then Luffy just ties the trunk like it's a cartoon. And he's like, man, that was a bad future I just saw. Yep. <laughs> Remember that I can see the future now? Yes. Which I actually did like as a, panel, in the same way I love that panel of Naruto, where they're like, ah, oh, they're using their immortality to their advantage. Yes. Also, there's a great bit where Raizo is like, well, I've got to give this key to somebody, and he throws it at Kid, and he's like, Sir Luffy's friend, use this, and I do love Kid's reaction to being called Luffy's friend. It's entirely visual. Yes. But it's really good. It's like, I do not have time to split hairs with you, but you are getting a lecture later.
1: Yep. I also really liked the panels as the prisoners were all starting to turn on everybody. They were even turning on the samurai that had come back. They're like, you weren't here for the last 20 years. We can't do anything. And kind of all of them have kind of that dejected thing of like, oh, no, it's not working. And that's when Luffy starts turning everybody around. And I just I really liked it.
0: We also kind of got some bonus one piece this week and that we got a Boshi cover, which I'm not really familiar with what that is. Did you do any research on it, Kevin?
1: Boshi's the guy who draws for Dr. Stone.
0: Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, he's the illustrator for Dr. Stone. Gotcha. So, okay. That makes sense. So, he did a version of the Luffy, or the Luffy, the Zora versus Mihawk fight, which looks pretty good. Unfortunately, it kind of just looks like One Piece to me.
1: That's kind of the thing. So, I actually went back and read that chapter. So, he literally just redid that chapter. He has a, a slightly altered character design for some of the characters. But the main thing he did is, like, he did a lot of, like, panel shifting around. Like, some of the bigger important scenes in the comic he made into, like, full panel, pa- you know, two-panel spreads.
0: But his cover is, like, a 50-page cover, right? And the... Yeah. The, a cover as in, like, a musical cover. Not a comic book cover, to be clear. Whereas the original chapter, I imagine, is, like, a standard 20 Yeah. Page. So he's got a lot more space to play with.
1: Yeah, he did. So I think some of it was to... His detriment. Part of the problem I have with two-page spreads, in, since I read on my tablet, is I only see one page at a time.
0: Yeah, that's awful. This is why, you know, digital is a worse format for comics in a lot of ways. Especially because manga can't really decide how it wants to do digital.
1: Well, actually, I recently found out that the Viz app for reading on your computer has a full-screen mode, which makes it way better.
0: Oh, you didn't know that? No. I knew that. I still don't love it, but it does make two-page spreads a lot more fun to look at i always hated it because like at my the
1: aspect ratio of my computer i would never be able to see the full page i'd have to like scroll a little bit but at least in that case you see you see the pages as they would be in a book you see both pages at once so i think that would have helped out a lot i still like reading on my tablet because it's closer to what it is
0: yeah, I mean, tablets are good for reading comics, typically, but like I said, a lot of time, digital manga just like can't decide how it wants to format itself, and only seeing one page at a time. That just makes two-page spreads, which are one of comics' best tools, especially action comics, which most of this manga is, it just makes them really hard to read, and you lose yeah. the entire effect.
1: Yeah, it, it does reduce the effect a little bit, which kind of sucks, but that is the way I
0: read, so... So, speaking of Boshi, next we have Dr. Stone, chapter Z equals 114. Silently, science pierces the stone. That was more of a tongue twister than I expected it to be. Yeah. I actually really like this chapter for a Dr. Stone chapter. I thought it was pretty good. I think because while it follows the formula where Senku invents something that's helpful, it doesn't immediately solve the problem, it just shifts it so that instead of not being able to solve it, it becomes more of a heist. Yeah, that was nice. Because Koharu finds the Soyuz capsule, but it's been covered in concrete to preserve it. And she can't smash it because that would attract too much attention. Yep. So Senku invents a silent bomb, which I, I, there we, I think that's a Japanese name for it. He even talks about that a bit. I know we have it in America, but I can't yeah. remember what it's actually called.
1: Yeah, he actually says... I keep calling it a silent bob, but I'm pretty sure that's a brand name. It's kind of like Kleenex. You know, they're facial tissues, but everyone calls them Kleenex, even if they're not actually Kleenex brand.
0: Basically, it's just two components that expand so that she can pour them into the concrete, drill holes, pour them in, and it'll crack. Yep. And so it becomes a heist where she has to sneak in and drill, and the other two girls, in air quotes, have to distract distract the the guards guards long enough for her to do it. Yep. So, it was a chapter I really enjoyed. I liked the progress, and again, I really like that. Like I said, it's still based the basic Dr. Stone formula, but inventing this thing doesn't magically solve the problem. Yeah. So, next we have Demon Slayer, Kimitsu no Yaibo, Chapter 167, A Request, which I really, really liked, but it's mostly fight scene. It is mostly fight scene, but
1: it is very well-done fight scene.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's always been the strength of Demon Slayer, has been the art. It's what... I I call it a standard unit of shonen manga, but it's consistently more than halfway up our ranking list. And that's why it's the art in it is just so strong. Yep. And there's no particular technique or anything in this. It's just really good, like, sword fighting illustration. That's the word I want. Yep. Yeah, it all looks
1: very cool. The fight was very well done. I really enjoyed it. I'm liking the, the flow of the fight, but there's not actually too much... To say about it, really.
0: Yeah, the only bit of plot is the cliffhanger. Yeah. Where the Windhasher is like, actually, I have super, super tasty demon blood. So, like, demons get drunk when they injure me. Yep. Which is an interesting twist, and I'm eager to see where it went. But, like, not a lot to say about it, actually. Yeah. Which brings us to My Hero Academia, number 236, Tenko Shimura Origin Part 2. So, I guess that answers my question last week about what the title of that chapter was. Yep. I didn't dislike this chapter of My Hero Academia, but sometimes we talk about this Chainsaw Man does it a lot and My Hero does it a lot. I think it's a matter of meeting deadline. Sometimes you just get really short chapters. Yeah. And that kind of, like, it throws the rhythm off in a weird way because chapters of Shonen Jump manga are already kind of short, which I totally get. They're on such a crazy production schedule. Yeah. It would be hard to make any more than that. But, like, when you only have 15 pages as opposed to 20, that's 25% of the story you're not getting this week, so to speak. Yeah. And so even though I liked it and it felt like a complete unit, it felt also felt like it was over super fast.
1: Yeah, but I feel like if it had been a regular chapter, like, we just would have had a little bit more out of the flashback.
0: That is definitely possible, but also... I feel like that might have given it better context. I don't know. Basically, this is how Shimura was always kind of a bad person. And All for One didn't make him that way. Yeah.
1: Well, and it was like, there was a bit of it with, it wasn't just necessarily that he was necessarily always evil, but kind of his upbringing kind of maybe forced him that way. Like, he still might have had, you know, everyone has darkness inside of you kind of thing, but with his dad being abusive and very downtrodden on heroes seems like a very bad relationship for tomura to be stuck in
0: and the character has always kind of been in a state of arrested development he's always making those video game metaphors he's always acting kind of like a spoiled kid and he's very clearly set up as a foil to deku who's the most responsible boy ever yep so it kind of makes sense that like his origin story is he was a kid who kind of Through a tantrum, and he suddenly got powers. And the first thing he did was kill his entire family, half on accident, but mostly on purpose. I feel like he his
1: dad was on purpose. His dad was
0: definitely on purpose,
1: and his sister was definitely an accident. And then his mom was probably a mix of the two. So yeah, like grandparents. Yeah, they were just kind of caught in it. I did
0: feel bad for the dog. Poor dog. Well, he acts. The dog is definitely an accident. Oh, yeah. My my first note is dog disintegrated, which I'm proud of. Nice. But yeah, that's basically all there is to it. And I did enjoy the chapter. Yeah. I just, like, it really felt like it was over quick. Which brings us to Act Age chapter 74, Supporting Role. What did you think of this chapter of Act Age, Kevin? Because I don't think I've asked that question yet in this podcast. And I have to ask it, like, ten times. It's a rule. Okay.
1: I like this chapter of Act Age. This was a very interesting look into... Ogami's kind of back history of like why he left Japan and it was because he got into the stars program which is this big talent agency in Japan that kind of basically controls most of the media because even if they don't control everybody Stars is so influential if you piss them off they will make your light like you can't do anything else because everyone is kind of scared of them essentially. And he was, he left there because they weren't letting him do what he wanted to. Like, he actually, for the longest time, wanted a supporting role.
0: He says he wants to act opposite people. Yeah. But they're like, no, you just, like, overwhelm them. I do like that his origin is he just walked onto set one day by accident, and it was so charismatic that he upstaged the star just by accidentally walking into the shot. Yep. Which is, like, that ridiculous shooting level of acting ActAge gives sometimes.
1: Yep. And so that was great. And then it was like, so they kept not letting him act the way he wanted to so he's like well i'm gonna leave
0: well in particular he's like gets a bunch of movies with Mm -hmm. other like famous stars but they won't let him have any scenes where he actually acts with them yeah
1: and so he left stars and he looked around japan for a little while but nobody wanted to work with him so he's like i'll go overseas and he was talking about like i'm i made it into this movie with all these big name hits like i'm a supporting role i'm not even a star." Like, I'm excited for this. The chance to actually act with people, like, with people,
0: not at people. Yeah. And so and then the flashback ends. The power comes back on, and he's like, oh, okay. So your our director did this to you? She's actually good? Uh, okay. Uh, and Then he, he picks her up like she's his bride and walks out. And you're now, he's just like, please put me down now. Yep. <laughs> well,
1: and the one PR guy is treating the whole thing like a PR stunt. To hey, come watch the play, and like everyone was like, was that like a promotional event for the play? This is amazing, and they're all buzzing about it. And he kind of makes it look like this was his plan all along.
0: Yeah, and he's like, but then someone asked him, "Hey, was this your plan overall?" Like, no, this would be crazy risky as a plan.
1: Yeah, and then that same guy remarks, he's like, "But everything's going your way, and you don't seem to be freaking out like somebody who normally would be in this situation."
0: He just seems like I can't tell if he's actually planning everything or if he's just like me, and he's us always like, "Yep." This is what's going on, so...
1: I mean, he was practicing Zen, so that is a very (laughs) Zen thing to do. It's like, uh, okay, this is what's happening. You don't seem freaked out. That's... If you've ever seen Bridge of Spies, the Russian spy in that movie is constantly being asked by Tom Hanks, like, why aren't you getting upset? Why aren't you angry? Why aren't you freaking out? And he just constantly goes like, would it help? And that's... I like that feeling of like, why aren't you upset about this thing? Would it help if I was upset? Well, no, but I expect you to be.
0: Well, then why should I do it? Anything else about Act Age this week? No, like I said, it was pretty good. Next, we have We Never Learned, Chapter 120. At year's end, a genius leaves a clean trail when X. Which is very cute for We Never Learned. There weren't even yes. that many shenanigans.
1: Not too many. There's a bunch of girls in bathing suits, but that's about it.
0: That, that doesn't even count. Come on. even when you. I mean, it's like... basically a panty shot. Yeah, well, even when Yugi is like, huh, there's not actually that much difference between underwear and swimsuits, huh?"
1: I mean, there's really not. Like, when yeah. you think about it, it it is a very weird stigma of like, girl in bikini totally okay, girl in her underwear totally not okay. What you're you're showing the same amount of skin.
0: Anyway, it's winter vacation, and Yugi is like, "Yeah, but we don't get a vacation because we have to study." And the girls like, "God damn it, read the room." Yep. So they're gonna go study, but first, Uruka wants to go. Like, say goodbye to the pool, basically?
1: Yeah, because she's never going to be at that school again because she's graduating. So, and it makes sense. Like,
0: Yeah, I get it.
1: You know, she's the big swim star. And then she kind of decides to clean it as a kind of, like, farewell thing. And she starts getting, like, ridiculously into it. She's like, I'll give it, like, a a brush down. It'll be fine. You know, kind of, like, send her off well. And then she's working at it and Yu-Gi-Oh comes in. He's like... Hey, are you okay? She's like, I said i would be a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's been an hour.
0: And she's like, oh, crap. And so Yugi is like, no, don't worry. I'm very good at cleaning. That's my job. So they start cleaning it together. They get more and more naked because they're cleaning a pool. Yeah, she Again, falls it's... down
1: in the water and takes off her skirt. And he's like, oh, my God. She's like, I'm wearing my swimsuit. Why were you wearing your swimsuit for the graduation ceremony?
0: <laughs> yeah. Also, why are girls always wearing their swimsuits around me?
1: <laughs> yes. And so they start getting kind of intimate, and the rest of the swim team shows up.
0: Yep, uh, they try when they're trying to be supportive. But if they had not shown up, everything would have been fine. Darebo yes. is cock blocking wingmans I've ever seen. Yes, <laughs> and I do love that like, we're gonna all clean the pool too. But you two clean the pool alone over, over there. there. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so they're trying, they're just not doing a great job.
1: Well, I, when they were showing up to clean the pool, they didn't expect Yu-Gi-Oh to be there. And to be
0: fair, they were being quiet. <laughs> Presumably they watched for a bit, given their commentary.
1: Yeah, like, it made it sound like they were like, you know what? Uruk is probably cleaning the pool, and we should go help because we also want to give the pool a send-off kind of thing.
0: I, I get it. I'm just saying, once you see both of them there alone, you, you then turn around. Yeah, you just leave. <laughs> you make the hand signs. That's the proper wingman thing to do.
1: But I still love, at one point, Yugi is like, I kind of don't know where to put my, or focus my attention.
0: He's like, there are so many girls just in swimsuits here. I I don't know where I should look. Like, it always feels awkward. Nurok is like, oh, don't worry, just... Look at me and only me, and it'll be fine. And Yugi is like, thanks, Hiroka, what would I do without you? And all the wingman's are like, do they even realize what they have just said to each other? Yes. Which, like I said, was super, super cute.
1: Yeah, it was very good. I liked this chapter of One Piece, and I liked the... <laughs> One Piece. This cha- I chapter, so
0: you made a swimsuit, uh, Freudian slip there.
1: <laughs> I liked this chapter of We Never Learn. And I liked the... Not just the the cute fun that they had, but also kind of like the... The whole swim team getting together to do a send off of the pool. Like, I like that feeling of, like, ah, oh, man, this is the last time I'm going to be here. But, like, I had so many great memories here. So it, let's send it off with a bang
0: rather than just kind of like drifting apart. So, next we have The Last Sayuki, Chapter 20, The Stone of Truth. And while we love The Last Sayuki, one of the things or one of the criticisms I've heard levied at it is that it kind of moves too fast sometimes, which is actually one of the things I really, really like about it.
2: Yeah, it same never here. feels
0: like it's getting bogged down with anything, but this is mostly an exposition chapter, and I did kind of feel like maybe this one was moving a little too quickly. What did you think, Kevin?
1: I didn't think this one was moving too quickly, so I still really liked it, even though it was exposition heavy. I thought it was really cool. Oh, a lot of the ideas are
0: still c- super cool in it, because like, it's still less Ayuki. It just seems like this should be happening in, I don't know, chapter 50 or after at least another story arc. It doesn't seem like we've had enough time with the followers of chaos as villains.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I do understand twist? that. I do understand that now. So essentially, the twist is that the followers of chaos are actually good guys.
0: Kind of, sort of. Basically, uh, Kay is like, "Well, I was hoping Rienosuke would come alone, but you could only get in here if Koharu trusts you. So it's fine that you're here, Estelle. So here's what's up. Basically, all monsters are actually created." By humans to like crystallize their fears so they could be beaten. Yeah, to make themselves stronger, which is an idea I really like. It's a very shonen, like very hopeful idea, and I have some like literary criticism problems with it. But for shonen manga, I do like it. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, it's that it's that standard. You can only get stronger if you face your fears. So it's like, well, if you can turn your fear into a physical being that you can then fight, it's much easier to face them.
0: And that's a hook of the last UK I've always liked. Yeah. With this kind of saying all monsters are like that, like, I want to see the exception, which is what good stories should do. And one, we'll
1: see. Maybe one will show up.
0: Yeah. And that's like a very minor criticism, though, to like what is a very cool idea. Just one we've already seen. And at the same time, we see Faraka and Rionoski's dad talking on the outside. Yep. And they're kind of having a parallel conversation. Where Furok is like, yeah, the follower of Chaos, I thought, like, he didn't try to kill me. And actually, he was being kind of a jerk, but it seemed like he was trying to give me advice. And then when Rianosuke killed the monster, he seemed happy about it. Yep. And so the followers of Chaos are basically just a group that has always created monsters to be beaten.
1: Yep. Well, it sounds like they were created by that weird apple-headed guy. Or at least, like, assembled by that weird apple-headed guy. As they are beings who are closer to the true human form than any of the monster hunter or like.
0: I can't remember what the good guys are called. or the quote unquote good guys. Yes. I
1: can't remember what their organization is. The Monster Hunter Association. <laughs> yeah. Let's sir. not be confusing. And he's like, they're closer to the human form than us. And they're actually here to create monsters to make us stronger because the world is going to face a uh, calamity every so often from crystallizing its own fears, essentially.
0: Well, I, that's kind of how it's presented, but I saw it more as like, there are world ending natural disasters that happen.
2: And the only
0: way to defeat them, the only way, both the planet and humanity want to survive. And the only way to beat them is to turn them into a monster and then defeat that monster. Okay. And it's happened twice before and it is about to happen for a third time. Yep. So like we have to train people to be strong enough. Like it takes all of humanity yeah, To defeat such a monster, they all have to open their move at once, which, again, is a pretty cool idea and ties in with the flash forward at the beginning. Yep. About, like, why Kohara is going to do this. Yeah. So, like, the ideas in it are super, super good. Like I said, this is just the first time where, like, it's not like, and we're going to fight that monster now. But this seems like it's moving very quickly. Yeah. And while, for the most part, I really like that about Last Sight this seemed like maybe it was a little too fast.
1: Maybe. I... Wait, you saying something makes me think a little bit, but, like, I didn't get that feeling going on with this. This was kind of like, it was kind of like with uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, where it's like, we need to defeat the Fire Lord. But it's like, we need to defeat the Fire Lord. But then they take, like, an entire season
0: to actually do it. Yeah, but that's also there at the beginning. I guess we're at Chapter 20 could be very near the beginning. Like I said, it was mostly the twist about, hey, those bad guys are actually good guys. Like, we've seen one of those guys. Two I guess of them. I guess two, if you count. The ones that came after Rianosuke at the beginning.
1: But they well, just... no, there's the the kid and then the weird Owl Mask guy. Yeah. Or Plague Doctor guy.
0: I mean, no, it just seems fast for this twist. Like, we don't have a status quo for it to feel twisted. And again, that's something I've appreciated about Last sayuki. It's never been satisfied to settle on a status quo. Yeah. But it, this one just felt a little too quick to me. I gotcha. So next we have The Promised Neverland, Chapter 143, Eliminate which really teased us hard, although I appreciate it yes. this week, where it starts with the demon without a name saying, okay, as my reward, I would like your, and we just see Emma's, like, shocked reaction.
1: And then she goes, what? Or, like, what? And then I took
0: it. that. I took that as a what? Not as a, what did he say? <laughs> yeah, but still. To, to tease us further, I think I know what he asked for, but... I have an idea. Yeah, me too. But anyway, the rest is Don and Gilda at, on their tracking mission.
1: Yep, and a bit of an explanation on how the Hie or not Hie Jaime or something like that the the other guy that's with him, has this like transponder beacon that he's using to let everyone else know who's like tracking him, how to find him,
0: essentially. Yeah. And like he's got a signal to press it three times when they find them. Yep. And basically, it's just Don and Gilda being like, hey, we found them, yay! And then the demon's kind of doing a counter-trap. Most of the chapter is devoted to the details of how Norman's trap is going to work. Yeah. So, of course, it's defeated immediately. Yeah. Although I'm not really clear on the details of that. Well,
1: it's not that it's also quite defeated immediately. It's So they find, I think, Sonia, the, the original girl with her weird horse thing. And they're like, hey, it's so good to see you. And then that's when everyone shows up. But there's the second demon, Mukuji, that's with them that shows up behind all the other hunters because he's like her protector kind of thing. And he's like, who was found whom?
0: Yeah. I, and I was a little disappointed in that just because I expected Don and Gilda to be a bit smarter about it. Like, not for them to like fully outsmart Norman, but for them at least make an effort to. Well, again,
1: remember that they thought, their thoughts were that,
0: the Norman was going to later. do
1: something when she was brought back. Like, oh, he actually does want us to find her because they they didn't suspect the other guy that was with them because he was playing the doofus very well. So yeah. they were like, oh, she's the threat, but she's actually secretly not a threat. So Norman was probably going to try and do something when they got back. Like that was going to be the goal. All right, get them back here. Then I can do experiments on them.
0: Yeah, it just seems short-sighted of them, but I guess they're not Ray and Emma, so.
1: Yeah, they are smart, but we've seen a lot of short-sightedness from them before, or, or I guess I have, and you've seen a bit of it, too. A bit of it, yeah. Where, like, Emma, Ray, and Norman are the super geniuses, and, like, they're smart, but they're not that smart. So they found the first plan and was like, yes, we figured out his plan without realizing that he has multiple plans, and they only found one of the decoys.
0: So next we have Samurai 8, Chapter 11, How Dare You, which I feel like Samurai 8 is kind of kicking off. I mean, I've liked it for a while lately, but this addressed a lot of my criticisms of it. And like all the characters are really interconnected in an intricate way. I was talking to uh, our friend Zach, who I do some other podcasts with about Samurai 8, and specifically how the creator whose name will not come to mind right now, and I should look it up. When he was doing Naruto, it really felt like that world was being built as he was writing Naruto.
1: Yeah, it really does.
0: Like, all, and like, Naruto holds together just fine, but there's lots of things where it's clear he had ideas and he changed stuff. Yeah. And he created things as he needed to. Whereas Samurai 8, it feels very much like he has everything in place. Yeah. And I really appreciate that, like, how interconnected the world feels. Either he's gotten much better at hiding it or he's got a big world design document for this and it really shines through i'm honestly gonna guess it's the
1: world design document like he had a ton of fun eventually creating the world of naruto as he like started expanding it was like i want to make another one and then he was like wait i can get somebody to let me like put this into print awesome
0: yeah and that tracks because the biggest problem with the last third of naruto is he feels like he has to cram all his world building in before it can end and so you just have hokage after hokage showing up yeah kind of stalling that fight you want between naruto and sasuke yeah but anyway i really like this chapter of samurai eight it's we find out that atta who is the samurai from space was actually i can't remember the master's name is it doma that's what daruma he was actually one of daruma's pupils in the past i am not sure that is the correct pronunciation or name
1: but that sounds about right
0: and he's come for hachimaru and hachimaru's like He's just super upset with how flippant Hachimaru is towards his master and, like, the whole samurai honor thing.
1: Yeah, uh, it's a super disrespectful thing. It... Yeah,
0: and I get it, and I really like it, but also, like, is like, immediately about to treat this guy like an older brother. Yeah. Like, whereas, like, Hachimaru has always been disrespectful, but, like, for the first time when this guy's like, hey, you're being disrespectful, he seems to, like, take it to heart a little bit. Well, he's also threatening to kill the man, so. Oh, yes, but, like. I'm not gonna say that tension dissipates, but it's almost like Hachimari doesn't see that as a threat. Yeah, that's how I read it anyway. He's
1: a bit—he's still a bit self-blown. Yeah, about himself, like oh, I managed to defeat those tank dudes, and like I'm—I'm I'm a great samurai, even though. So he's like kind of putting on airs, yeah, kind of thing, just a little bit.
0: So then, when Ada goes to attack him, both Princess Anne and his dad just jump in front of him, and I really like that moment too. Yep. especially the moment from Anne, who like was just talking about how glad she was she had him to lean on. And while she does kind of, she has kind of figured out he was lying about that. I do like that she immediately jumps in to take the blow, but his dad jumps in further. So yep. And we find out that his dad was part of whatever group Ad is in before, and they have this grand plan to restore the universe, but his father has betrayed them, and he created a weapon for destroying samurai souls that requires he get hit. So there's this cool, like, clay effect where he gets stabbed by the sword. Yep, and
1: then, like, the samurai soul starts getting sucked into him. And Atta's like, you idiot. Or, or, at first, he's like, wait, we had been working on this project, but Nedavar got it to go off the ground. Did he finish it by himself? And then he kind of has that moment of, but this will kill you, too. And Hachimaru's dad being like, yes, the whole goal of this was to take you out with me, if need be.
0: Yeah, but the... Cliffhanger at the end is basically neither of them are quite dead. Yeah, Atta somehow
1: managed to disengage himself so that he didn't get fully absorbed. And because he didn't get fully absorbed, Hachimaru's dad isn't dead.
0: Yeah. So, again, I've been liking Samurai A, but it really feels like it's kicking off here. Yeah. With this kind of Mexican showdown. And I'm really excited to see where it goes. I'd like it to get the space just because I'm really liking the characters and the yep. The setting really shines through.
1: There was also a moment that I really liked that when Hachimaru finally started getting serious, his glasses clicked back into place.
0: Yeah. And I, like I like that too.
1: I like that too because at first it seemed like he was like the glasses were just part of him because he was wearing them and now they're up on his head and he's like all flippant. And it's like, well, I mean, he doesn't need them anymore because his vision is now perfect. It's like a Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that like when he started getting serious, they clicked into place was just really cool. Like that is a really neat detail to add into the character. Oh, yeah, he's got these, like, glasses that, like, for the
0: longest time just sat on his head and didn't do anything. So last but not least, we're going to talk about Hell's Paradise Jigokuraku, Chapter 63. Yeah, so I thought this was a pretty good chapter. You want to talk about it, though, right? Yes. I have have started
1: back reading through Hell's Paradise. I'm on, like, Chapter 20, so a third of the way there. So I have the motivation and backstory as Mm -hmm. to why everyone is here and sort of what is going on.
0: Gotcha. I'm really liking this current arc. I put this chapter pretty high. Spoilers. It was a weird thing where I felt like a lot of the consistent chapters of and Jump this week weren't as good as I wanted them to be, but a lot of the ones we don't normally talk about, I thought were unusually good. Okay. And Hell's Paradise would be on that list. Basically, they find out that the character who'd been captured before, I cannot remember his name. I can't
1: remember his name either. He's the guy who's essentially immortal. Like, his body just keeps regenerating itself.
0: Yeah. He's betrayed them all, and he's like, I'll even, like, tell you where they all are and sense them, as long as you well one condition.
1: Yeah, the big thing is that, even to his mind and to their minds,
0: he hasn't actually betrayed them at
1: all, because they were always competing. So, the Shogun sent all of them over there. There was, like, ten bandits, or, not, ten prisoners. So, like, Gabimaru... The ninja chicks, or I guess the ninja chick, some of those other people were all sent there. They each had their own samurai guardian, who's like, the their samurai executioners, and the whole thing was, if they step out of line, you kill them. Yeah. And whichever prisoner comes, or whichever criminal comes back with the elixir gets the one pardon that I'm giving out. Gotcha. So they've always been kind of, comp- they, at least at the start, they were always competing with one another. And the party mainly formed because they're like, this place is way more dangerous than we thought. So I need to work with everybody just to live. And at this point, we're just trying to get off the island.
0: Yeah. So anyway, he has given them up at the very least. Yes. And most of the chapter is them kind of not flashing back to, but talking about how like this plan is a stealth mission. If we get caught at all, the plan is over. Like there's yep. nothing after that. But I guess the triumphant moment at the end is like, and then we go to plan B. Which is, we fight these assholes.
1: Yep. And I I did like that twist of, like, because they made it seem like, all right, so we're going to run, yeah. right? Like, the stealth plan only won't survive contact with the enemy, so if we get found out, we run, or, you know, the plan's over. And then that turn at the end of, like, no, we stand and fight, because there's no way we can outrun these guys.
0: Yeah. And also, we find out that, given the research on the regenerating guy, the... Tan, who are the bad guys, have found a way to create the Elixir of Life, and like, we don't need to kill a ton of humans, we just need to kill five, one with each attribute.
1: Yeah, well, and it was, so I think I'm not at that part yet, but they have created the Elixir of Life before, that's, all of the Lord Tensons are immortal, I'm pretty sure, but it involved them, they mentioned, like, transmorgifying hundreds of people, like, that's why there's all the weird deities, and the, that weird tree-headed Man, thing I met him. He yeah. was kind of the protector. You mean
0: you read about him? You definitely just made it sound like you had a drug experience the way you said that.
1: Okay. <laughs> I mean, I I met his character. Yeah, like, yeah.
0: I I know what you meant. You just sounded like, yeah, I met Slenderwood <laughs> out in the woods. Okay.
1: But he showed up, and he was the one initially protecting the girl. I can't remember her name now. The small girl that used to be part of the Lord Tenzin's group. Yeah. But, so, that's probably why there's a bunch of these weird people like that. Like like I said, I haven't gotten to the part where they start kind of explaining that a little bit more. Anything else you wanted to say about Hell's Paradise? No. This is interesting. I'm glad that I'm getting caught back up. It's really cool. It's very visceral, just like the chapters have been since we started reading it. So, it'll be nice to finally get caught up and, like, understand exactly what's going on. I feel like I don't have much more to go until we get caught up to what I started reading.
0: Gotcha. Well, that will bring us into Jump Card then. Jump Card is the segment where we rank all the chapters we read, not just the ones we talked about, from worst to best on a list. And we have 18 this week because nothing got skipped this week. So what do you have at number 18, Kevin? I have Double Taisei
1: at number 18 because I just I don't care.
0: Yeah, I don't like Double Taisei either. I thought it was a bit better this week, but I agree with you in the not caring.
1: That's why but it's like, at the bottom of the list. It's like, I just, I literally don't care. It's not that it was a bad chapter. I just, I i don't care. So why would I, I don't want to invest any time into thinking about the chapter more.
0: I have a lot of that problem with Haikyuu. What I actually have at number 18, though, is Tokyo Shinobi Squad. And I don't know if it's actually fair for me to have put it that low. But the reason is because I found this chapter of Tokyo Shinobi Squad hilarious. And I don't think I was supposed to be laughing at it.
1: Probably not. Ah, uh, maybe a little bit.
0: I think a little bit, but like this is the sort of thing that like a one piece villain would be like, you're you're being a little goofy, my man. Yeah. Because the ice villain literally is like one of his subordinates tries to run away and he freezes him. He's like, "Make this man into shaved ice." And his like wacky literally grabs like a grinder and grinds up the ice and is like, "What flavor would you guys like?" Yep. And of course that makes Jin so pissed off that he Attacked his own comrade, that he gets that you know the shonen pissed off. Yep. But like, I had no like even that I found funny. Like even Jin getting pissed off, and I'm not supposed to find that funny. I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Tokyo Shinobi isn't that much higher for me. My number seventeen was Beast Children. It's more sports mong like I'm. I'm not a sports manga guy, and this was the oh so. Like, good, you got your first game in, that's great, but there's actually not going to be that many games because rugby is more of like a kind of winter-fall sport and we're getting into the height of summer. So, like, you got, you know, the tail end of one of our matches. But if you're in the sevens league, which is instead of played with 15 players, it's only played with seven on a side, then they play in the summer. But there are no first years allowed and we don't participate. But, of course, the new kid is like, well, I want to play more, so I don't want to have to wait half a year to fight this dude. It's like, all right, well, we'll form a sevens team, and there's no first years allowed. Well, except for you. You're you're fine. But no other first years allowed. What?
0: Why? I mean, I just, I actually kind of liked that, because I like that these children kind of has a direction, and I kind of like that soccer is going to have to play, like, without the super overpowered quarterback is not the right term, but the, like, team ace he's playing with, I assume, isn't going to be on that sevens league. Why not? I just, well, I guess I'm just assuming that he's not, but they talk about how like the school that his rival, whose name I can't think of right now, goes to, they only play their rookies on their sevens league because it's like a training league. And also the coach, or I guess he's not the coach, but like the team captain didn't seem that interested in it. So I assume this is going to be like how we get introduced to a lot of the other players on the team. And I like it as like a direction for the series to go in the immediate future. And it can then expand afterward.
1: Yeah, I just felt it was weird that it was like, welcome to the team. We're not going to be having any matches for a while, but you can start your own league. Okay? And
0: I just, I wasn't a fan of it. I mean, speaking of sports manga, my number 17 is Haikyuu, just because it's so hard for me to get invested in Haikyuu. I want to like Haikyuu, but there are some, there's beautiful art in it, but so much of it is just, there's some volleyball happening.
1: Yeah, it's my number 16. I think a lot of it is the fact that we're at chapter, like, 300-something now. And Except for,
0: like, when we first started reading this, I, got, I was really, really into it. But, like, now I just find it exhausting.
1: Well, and I think that's the problem, is, like, we, for whatever reason, right when we started reading it, we happened to like those chapters, like, the messages in those chapters. But now we're falling back on, all right, so, I mean, you're supposed to be caring
0: about these characters. I have no idea who they are. I mean, I guess it's, like, Pricking up Dragon Ball Z in the middle of a giant fight. Although, Dragon Ball Z manga fights aren't actually that long, so. But I guess if you just started in the middle of the Frieza arc, which is mostly just Goku fighting Frieza, maybe you would feel the same way.
1: Yeah, I feel like you would have the same thing jumping into One Piece in the middle of a, a boss fight, and you're like, Okay, so who's this Luffy dude, and why do I care that he's punching this Don Flamingo guy? <laughs> Like, you know, and there's tons of characters that have all this backstory tied into why they're fighting and why this fight is important to them. But if you don't know any of that, you're like, okay, so this dude's punching this other dude and he seems to be losing. I I don't know what's going on.
0: Speaking of that, my number 16 is Black Clover. It's more denouement, but it's just denouement with the characters I don't care about because it's mostly the ones who are going to be leaving this arc because they're, you know, old elves. Yeah. There are little bits I like, the one where, like, the elf that's possessing the Girl that Captain Yammy like is like, well, I'm way less awkward than this girl. Bye. Is, yeah, was pretty good, but that's like the one line in the entire thing, and most of it is just like exposition, exposition, exposition. All the elves are gone. Not all of them. Well, I guess not. You are right. Not all of them. But
1: there's a couple most of, of the elves yes. are gone.
0: All the irrelevant elves are gone.
1: Well, there's a couple of the elves that are like, well, you're stuck in these human bodies because those bodies don't have souls because you've kicked them out, so you don't get to go. You don't get to go to the afterlife with the rest of us. Yeah. My number 15 was Tokyo Shinobi. I didn't have the same thoughts as you of, like, I found it utterly hilarious, but it was definitely ridiculous.
0: Uh, My number 15 is Double Taisei. Because, like I said, it was trying more. I got it more. There were some of, like, the endings in particular. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. But, boy, should we have gotten here, like, five chapters ago.
1: Yeah. So, my number 14 is Yui Kimio. Because I do not like it as much as you. No, you don't. And okay. Yui and Black didn't show up at all in this chapter, and I felt that very weird.
0: I d- I did too. It's the conclusion of this Yui cameo arc we've been on, and so it's interesting to see how this you know new style of Yui cameo if it's even going to stay like this, ends an arc. Yeah, there were bits I liked about it. I liked the like binding the you know villain with the chains.
1: I know That's I liked cool that idea. bit,
0: and like Kito getting to feel like the main character for a bit. I liked all that stuff. I even like him be like, yeah, I'm gonna throw a yacht party so you girls feel better. And like the weird almost harem ending he's getting at the end, which is not his intention. Yes. And I think the fact that he's aware of it and not like it's not really what he wants makes it work a lot more for me.
1: Yeah, it Um. was just the... It was the fact that it was like, oh no, the Mushy's coming out of her. Like, excellent, this is the time where you in black is gonna come out and she's gonna kill it because she's the Mushy hunter. And it's like, yeah. And then it didn't happen. And then it was like, so, so, wait, what?
0: Yeah, it definitely felt odd. It's not much higher for me, but what I have at number 14 is Beast Children. Okay. Because, like, like I said, I did like the New Direction a lot of ways, but a lot of what you said also is true for me.
1: Yep. So, my number 13 is Jujutsu Kaisen. I'm still liking this arc, but there wasn't a ton going on in this chapter.
0: I put it a little higher because I really like the climax of this chapter, just the way it's drawn Okay. more than anything else. But I definitely agree with you.
1: Yeah, it's like all right. It's more set up, and I, I, I still enjoyed it. Like I had fun, but Gojo Sensei, who is the person that I really care about in this flashback, he's didn't in actually this chapter. Do, well, you see him, but he's yeah, he doesn't actually do anything in it. It's like this weird demon summoning or the curse summoning guy who's cool. Like I like him, but all right, you know, I liked his. So he's fighting this guy who's like, oh, this guy's a summoner, so therefore he doesn't like. Getting in a close combat, you can tell he summoned, he backed up, he has kind of this like, kind of open defensive posture, so I'll be able to, if I get in close, I'll win, and he summons this giant worm thing that like, fills the whole hallway, it's like, oh no, I can't get to him, But then he busts through the wall like, hi, you blinded yourself, and that's when the guy reveals like, no, I'm actually fairly decent in close quarters combat, because if I give somebody an easy avenue, like, oh, this is my weakness, go for it, people will always hone in on that even though it's, like, a faint,
0: Yeah. So I like the chapter a bit more. At number 13, I have Yui Kamiya. Okay. Because, like I said, I do like it more than you, but I, in this case, like it one more than you.
1: Yeah. And I still, I liked the stuff at the top of my, like, Yui Kamiya was where I I didn't really enjoy it because I'm not a huge fan of the direction it's going and the fact that Yui and Black didn't show up to kill the Mushi, which I feel like, that, that's literally what she should have done. So, like, my 13 and up, I really rather enjoyed. But my number 12 was Chainsaw Man.
0: <laughs> Did you have anything you wanted to say about I it?
1: I do. I just don't. I'm, it, I'm struggling
0: vocalizing it. I put Chainsaw Man a lot higher than I usually do because I feel like, like I said, Chainsaw Man's been going to the same humor well for so long and it hasn't been working for me. But this feels very different. Like it's a different type of humor. It does, and it felt a lot fresher.
1: I definitely enjoyed Power and Denji putting on glasses to being like to be smart, shonen it, it, protagonists. Yeah, it's like we're going to be smart. <laughs> uh, and to be
0: fair, they kind of are. Like Power has a plan,
1: and it's a, yeah, it's a fairly decent plan. They're like, we'll skip practice, we'll ambush him when he's drunk, and even the guys like, hey, that was actually a pretty smart plan.
0: It's like the problem is like Power gets super anemic because she uses all that blood, but like you're almost there. Take the day off. And then I really like that he then just, he walks away and then throws a knife in Tenji's head from the hallway. He's like, also, don't trust you the person hunting you. Yeah,
1: that was pretty good. And then the ending was a little very weird.
0: Yeah, yes, very weird is the word for it. But I liked Aki, like, kind of agonizing over, like, Captain Eyepatch's sister giving him the letters about how Captain Eyepatch was trying to get him to quit.
1: Yeah and I I liked all that. I just meant literally the
0: ending the, with the, the future where he goes the to the future demon the future demon who just keeps yelling the future is awesome. The future. Awesome.
1: Yes. <laughs> it's like okay, man.
0: Yeah, I I also found that amusing though. I will agree it was weird.
1: Yes. So like I said, I enjoyed it. Like I had kind of a hard
0: time ranking stuff. Yeah, me too. Like I said, even the stuff that's like kind of lower like even double taisei felt like it was bringing more to the table than usual and tokyo shinobi squad at least got a reaction out of me i was just like this is not the reaction i'm supposed to be having to this yeah i am fairly certain at number 12 i actually have act age because i just didn't quite like it as much as you i do like getting a little more backstory on ogami but a lot of it is just the like ridiculous shonen acting stuff which sometimes i liked in act age and sometimes i don't I like the character insights, but it didn't really move the plot forward very much. And I feel like we've already got a lot of that with him.
1: Yeah. My number 11 was Dr. Stone. I guess I just didn't enjoy the subversion on the trope as much as you. It still it still felt to me very similar to the uh, I invented the MacGuffin. Let's go use it.
0: I mean, it kind of is, but I, there's like more to it, I guess. And that's all bit. I want. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Like I said, I, I still enjoyed it. And I had fun with it. And the. the spear dance. The yeah. spear dance. That was pretty funny. Where he like.
0: Right. Grabbed, he's like. Like what are you doing with the spear girls. Like oh this is the spear dance. And it was like yeah. I learned how to do a lot of impressive things with a spear. In case I was expected to fight. So I could just look like I was doing it. And yes. then run away. Yes. I have Jujutsu Kaisen at number 11. Because like I said. I just. The way the climax is drawn. I really like it. And there's a bit where like. The old man he's fighting. Like is like. Oh my dog. I haven't seen you since I died. Why Why am I? I was like, oh, my life is flashing before my eyes. And then we see him just getting the crap kicked out of him.
1: Yes, that was pretty good. So my number 10 was Black Clover. I like this denouement, not as much as the last chapters, but still pretty good. I realize it's like, oh, it's all the characters that are going to be leaving the arc soon, mostly for the or for the most part. But I just I liked that sentiment of a lot of them like especially the guy trapped in you know who literally doesn't get to say anything to
0: i think it's necessary but i just don't have any attachment to any of these elves, really
1: yeah whereas i have a bit more since i knew them since before you started reading at least some of them
0: at number 10 i have one piece i definitely liked one piece this week but it was you know exactly the beat i expected in one piece where luffy's like yeah i'll rally around me because i'm a charismatic shonen protagonist that's a bit more dismissive than it actually is. Like I said I enjoyed reading it, but Yep. Nothing super exciting there.
1: My number 9 was Hell's Paradise. I liked this chapter. I I think it's a pretty neat thing of and I liked that turn of like, "Oh no, the stealth plan is out the window. Now we fight to the death." Was just pretty good.
0: My number 9 is my hair Academia. I did really like it, but like I said, it just gave me whiplash with how quickly it was over.
1: Yeah, whereas I didn't have that problem. My number eight was Samurai. I definitely, I really liked a lot of aspects of Samurai, and it's just, like I said, I had a hard time ranking things, so this just kind of ended up down here, even though I did really enjoy it.
0: My number eight we never learned. It was very, very cute. Yeah. My number seven was Act Age. I just
1: liked the kind of insight into Ogami's character a little bit more. I definitely liked the fact that he was kind of like, Oh, great. I get to play a supporting role when he kind of at first gave off this thing of like, I'm the A-lister. What do you mean you're not going to do everything? I say like expecting everyone to do everything
0: for him. It gave him, me kind like of. a shonen vibe of I just want to act. Like, and I want to act against other strong actors. He, th- he came off very Goku to me, actually, where he just like walks in the frame and is suddenly the best at acting. But all he wants to do is act against other strong actors. Yeah, but I meant like. Not in this chat, like this chapter
1: kind of showed that aspect of him. But when we first met him, yeah, it I seemed see what like you're saying. He, f- he felt more like Vegeta, where he <laughs> walked in and was like, I am the best fighter in the room. No <laughs> one is better than me, Akarat. Yes. <laughs> what was your number seven?
0: Hell's Paradise. I, I, like you said, I really like that turn on the Yeah. Okay. So we, all have to fi- we have to dig in now.
1: Yep. So my number six was the Promised Neverland. I liked this chapter. the The teasing was good, but slightly, I like most teasing annoying. Um,
0: I mean, I didn't mind it as much this week. I feel like this is a big reveal, and we should like tease it out a little bit. Well, and that's what I meant. Like, I still, I it was good, but it
1: just like every tease, you are, there's that slight bit of annoyance of like, I I just want the thing. So like, my anticipation of it builds, which is great. But there's also the flip side to that of like, well, now I I still don't know what the what he's asking for is. I still really like the chapter.
0: I uh, number 6, I have Chainsaw Man actually, like I said, I just found it back to kind of form. Okay.
1: My number 5 was We Never Learn. Like I said, just super cute chapter and I really liked the camaraderie of all the the entire swim team getting together to clean the pool one last time to give it a good send-off.
0: Yeah, my 5 was The Promise Neverland. A lot of the same stuff you're saying. My hero was my number 4.
1: I did not feel even though like you said it was a shorter chapter. I didn't feel like it was incomplete or rushed, and I just, I really liked the kind of insight into Tomura going evil for the first time, and, like, he's still a villain, and it's like, I I have a bit of understanding as to why he did it, but, like, he's
0: still an evil person, so him... Or he's kind of like a child who needs a spanking in a lot of ways. But yeah, def- like, it's a very childish evil in a lot of ways. Well, you keep saying child and evil like they aren't synonymous. (laughs) number four, I have the last Sayuki, actually. Uh, Because like I talked about, I just felt like it was rushing for the first time and it's all exposition. I do super like the ideas in there still. It's still probably my favorite thing in Shonen Jump. Just
1: not the strongest chapter. Yep. My number three was Demon Slayer. It's just super solid art fight scene, but that was really it. So like, really good, really fun to read, but not a whole lot into it, so it just didn't make the tippity top of my chapter ranking.
0: My number three is Doctor Stone. I talked about why I like it so much quite a bit earlier. It just Doctor Stone's like a weird one for me. Usually, it's middle of the list. I'm not really liking the anime, even though I'm watching it. I don't think I'm going to stick with it. I'm probably not either because it's
1: like I've seen all the story before, and the I anime. haven't,
0: and it's still not. It's not adding dry. a ton. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like the voice acting is oddly bad in it. Which is super weird to say about a thing in another language, but... Yeah, uh, I don't know. I I also have a
1: bunch of stuff that I'm watching. I'm going to start probably paring them down a little bit, uh, a couple of the shows. Like, there's some that I'm really enjoying, and then there's a couple that I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of on the fence on these. I don't necessarily want to, like, because I have everything that I want to watch in my queue. I'm like, I'm not necessarily going to remove them off my queue, but I might put them down on the bottom or closer to the, like... I have a weird ranking system, but like closing into the middle rank so that like "Eh, if I have a bunch of free time, I might go back and watch this, but it's not going to be something I watch week to week. So my number two was The Last Sayuki. Even though this was an exposition chapter, I really liked a lot of the exposition in it. And I just kind of, even though, like you said, it was extremely fast, I liked that turn that the followers of Chaos are actually not the bad guys.
0: I, I like it as well. And I really like all the ideas there. I just think it's too quick, like I said. Yeah. My number two is Demon Slayer. All the same reasons you said. Okay.
1: So my number one was One Piece. I just, I really, even though it was the beat where you know, this is Luffy getting everybody together, I just liked, I kind of liked the way he did it, especially because it's like, yeah, he's managed to get all the prisoners on his side. He's he's still affected by that mummy virus. Like, he wasn't completely immune to it, even though he was, like, fighting through it. So I'm, I'm interested to see where that goes.
0: And he's got Chopper right there with him. There there are a lot of ways
1: that could go. You're right. But it might be something where it's like Chopper's like, well, I mean, I can try and do something, but like we need to go get this thing or something like that. And I also really liked kind of the, the faces of all of the samurai kind of like falling when they're like, oh no, all the people are turning against us. It was stupid to reveal ourselves. And then it was Luffy was the one who, by tying an elephant's trunk in a knot, causing him to explode. I do love
0: the line, oh, that that was a bad future I just saw. Yes.
1: I heard that in a different voice than you're currently... Not just in Luffy's voice, but in a different tone of, like, just that more serious Luffy of, like, that was a horrible future I just saw.
0: I mean, Luffy definitely gets serious, and that's, like, when you know it's on. I definitely heard it as, like, goofy Luffy. Like, not goofy, but, like, you know how Luffy a, a lot flippant, of the time, yeah. like, is... It's not that he's not taking it seriously, but he's almost... Putting on that he's not taking it seriously. Yeah, that's the vo- like kind of like Shanks does.
2: Okay, yeah, yeah I that's, can see that. That's very
0: much the voice I read it in. I could see that. My number one, Samurai Eight, because like I said, the world's really coming together, and really just that character beat of Anne jumping in front of Hachimaru. Yeah, like, that is that's very good. Such a good like bit to me. I Anne's probably my favorite character in it, and I like that she gets to kind of be tough. Yeah. So that does it for Shonen Jump this week. Quite a lot. Like I said, I really enjoyed this week's offerings. It's, I want to call it a magazine. I don't know. These week's chapters. There we go. But a lot of the like mainstays I thought were... I mean, they were still good, but they were blow-me-away good. And a lot of the like ones that I usually I'm like, uh, Like Yui Kamiya was super interesting to see how it wrapped up, even though it's not really what you expect at all. And like I said, Double say if it had gotten here faster, I might have a much higher opinion of it. And Tokyo Shinobi Squad at least made me laugh. Yeah, uh, it's something. But we read Soul Eater this week, and we will be back to talk about that after the break. we read Soul Eater this week, which you wanted to read, Kevin. Have you read yes. it before? I
1: have not. Well, yes. And not in volume format. I read it as like fan scans back when the anime was going on because I wanted to get like the anime kind of ended. And then I read that the manga kind of continued and there was a split because that was still back in the day where the anime started doing that. Like the anime would catch up to the manga and then just kind of deviate. And start doing other things. So I was like, I wanted to see where the manga goes, so I kind of read that.
0: So does the anime start the same way with like three prologues, or does yes. it start on like what is effectively chapter one?
1: No, it starts with the three prologues. So the three prologues are essentially the introductions to all the main characters or the team the meister teams. So we have Maka and Soul Eater, Black Star and Subaki, and Kid, Patty, and Liz.
0: Yes and it kind of it feels not like super weird but it doesn't feel like a first chapter at all. It feels like almost like these are three one shots that came out later that got bundled together in the first volume, which is not how manga works. So I know that's not actually the case.
1: Yeah, this the anime starts out the exact same way. So this is definitely a different way of starting the manga, but this is kind of like introductions into the characters and it does, I mean, they list them as prologues, so, like, technically there's only one chapter of manga in this entire volume.
0: I mean, the prologue chapters are obviously chill chapters, but yes. If you want to be pedantic, it's prologue 1, prologue 2, prologue 3, and chapter 1. Yes. Which I just found to be a very odd format. There are things I like about it, but it gets hard to attach yourself to any one of the characters, I feel. Does the anime bit. handle it one episode at a time, or is the first episode all the prologues?
1: I think it's one episode at a time. I, huh. I Don't quote me on that, though. It's been a while since I've seen it.
0: And the way it does references, I mean, it's very Akira Toriyama, and that just, things are named after, like, they're kind of, they're not even pun names, they're, like, reference names. Yeah. But I found it to be oddly grating in a lot of ways. There are a couple that I think are funny and clever, like... The first chapter, the first prologue against is about Maka to make Soul Eater into the Death Scythe, which is the Shinigami's weapon. She has to kill 99 humans and a witch. Yep. And so it starts with her fighting Jack the Ripper. Yep. Who's just a dude in this, I guess, And which is the ninth soul. So then she ends up fighting the witch Blair, which is you know kind of funny. Yep, and then even at one point she has like her plans to defeat her, which is called Maka's Blair Witch Project. Yes, which is more funny, but like that's probably the best example of it. And there are a lot of ones that just do nothing for me. Gotcha. Like the villain of what I'm assuming is the first arc is Doctor Frankenstein. Yep, who is the actual doctor, but like it just seemed like they were pulling a name out. And same with like Jack the Ripper at the beginning. It doesn't seem like it's actually Jack the Ripper.
1: I. Sort of, but, because, like, she's hunting condemned convicts, so I think there's an interlude where she's fighting, uh, Uh, what's-his-bucket-the-guy-who-died-30-times.
0: Rasputin? I think so, yeah. Like, is this in the afterlife? Like, there's a lot of stuff about the setting that I have questions about, but also, I don't want to say I don't care about, but I guess- I did not find reading Soul Eater to be very enjoyable. I guess I'll just lay my cards out on the table okay, and say that. Like, the world feels really disjointed in a very strange way to me. There's like, a bit of that, yeah. You have the first the three prologues, which are all kind of like introduction stories to each character. Yeah. And I get that. But then in the first chapter, they're all in school together, and like there's no hint of them being school kids at all before that. I mean, Maka kind of wears a schoolgirl uniform, but it's manga. It just felt like... That was her design. Yeah. And there's just lots of cuts and interludes. There's a lot of fan service in this. Yeah. And, like, in particular, in the actual chapter, it just cuts to Blair, who, it turns out, is a cat, just in a bath for no reason, really.
1: Yeah, essentially.
0: And she's just, like, you know, bathing, being like, huh, I wonder if I could be relevant to the plot. Not right now. Yeah. For a full page. And just there's lots of disjointed stuff like that. And the ending, they fight one of their teachers who has become a zombie and they're interrogating him about how he became a zombie But he's like I'll never tell you but then Soul Eater lifts up Maka's skirt and he tells them and like I get the joke but also well like cause first
1: Black Star lifts up Tsubaki's like or like opens her robe kind yeah. of thing and she's a lot more voluptuous and then Soul Eater does it with Maka and she does the classic female, like, knockout punch thing where the main female character can beat the shit out of anybody if they're being perverted. And so she claps him on the face and or claps him on the head, and that's why she gets him to start talking.
0: Yeah, and, like, I mean, I get it, but also, like, as soon as he does it with Subaki, he starts saying stuff, and then he says more. Well, because I mean,
1: when Solier flips up her skirt, he's like all right tell us what you know and he's like huh and that's when she gets pissed because she is a lot more scrawny and not voluptuous unlike Subaki.
0: yeah I mean the joke just doesn't land for me at all I guess okay is what it comes down to I felt like that a lot I was rolling my eyes at Soul Eater a lot more than I was going along with it and like I said there are weird setting things like Maka's dad is the death scythe right now yep so I'm like are these weapons that have personalities and can turn into people or are these people that have been turned into weapons? Like that seems really unclear to me. And I guess it's not super important, but like, it's this nagging question. I'm like, how am I supposed to treat these individuals? Like clearly they're characters and clearly they have their own free will. Yeah. Like what's the mechanics here? They're, People that can turn into weapons. Okay, but, like, I guess I read it at first, like, they are weapons that can turn into people. Uh, it's more the other way around. Okay, but, like, that's never clarified. That's what I'm Not in the saying. first volume, no. And, like, it just feels like a, like, it just is throwing a lot at the wall, and it seems like it's just trying to see what sticks, and none of it stuck to me. Okay. I shouldn't say none of it. There are some cool ideas. One of the characters is the son of the Shinigami, He's just a dude. The Shinigami is, like, a Shinigami, but the, his son is just, like, a kid. Yep, and he's got twin pistols. Who are twins? Yes, which makes some sense. There's a bit in his prologue where they are fighting mummies, and because he cares about symmetry, they are like, what? One of the girls is shooting a mummy with the other girl, and then like she throws the gun up, and they switch. Yeah, which is a cool idea. But also, they get there because the devil kid is so obsessed with symmetry that he remembers a painting in his father's house and he's like oh i better check if that was symmetrical i'll be right back guys and like that just doesn't land for me at all the characters are extremely quirky yeah but not in a way that i actually find to be engaging or interesting maka is like the closest because i at least can see like the trauma and the metaphor there Mm -hmm. but both black star and the devil kid whose name i can't remember i feel like they just call him the devil's Kid. kid is it just kid kid yeah okay I guess he has got cowboy guns, so that makes a degree of sense. But, like, Kid and Blackstar, like, they're just so quirky that it's, like, over the top, and, like, I don't find them interesting.
1: A lot of the thing with Kid is the fact that he's the most competent out of all of them, but his one fatal flaw is his love for symmetry and, like, the crippling, like, mental anguish he can get himself in over failure or he's like, I can't break this thing. It's perfectly symmetrical. Kind of thing like otherwise he would be the most competent out of all of them.
0: And I guess that works as a metaphor for OCD in a way. Yeah. I just like it just feels really random as opposed to like oh this would have been fine except for my tragic flaw. It would be like if instead of being weak to kryptonite Superman's weakness was he left the stove on at his apartment. A little bit yeah. Which I guess could be an interesting Saturday Night Live sketch but I don't know you could make a movie or a comic around that. Maka's is, is that she's, like, really upset about the idea of Soul Eater cheat or cheating on her is kind of metaphorical. But basically, her dad cheated on her mom and is kind of a playboy. Yeah. And so she's very hung up on that. And as a schoolgirl, like, I totally get that. And it makes a lot more sense. And it's, like, an interesting character bit. Yeah. But, like, all the other characters are just all quirk and nothing else. Except for Blair, who's a, who's mostly sex appeal and nothing else. Yeah. At but least I mean- thus far. Yeah,
1: that she for a lot of it, she just stays the sex appeal.
0: And I just don't feel like any of it holds together. Like, I'm not interested at all in them going to fight Frankenstein. The doctor, not the monster. Yes. Because, like, like, when they're in school, all of a sudden, I'm like, what? This is a school manga now? Uh... Like, they seemed like they were just doing spirit adventure stuff. But now they're getting called to Principal Shinigami's office because their grades are low?
1: Yeah, it's... The school aspect is background. It's not a school manga. They just happen to go to. It's kind of like a Naruto, where like the beginning part of Naruto is kind of like a school manga, and the fact that there's a ninja school. This is a. There is a Meister school.
0: I think the fact that it's effectively brought in in chapter four just makes it feel tacked on, though. But like I said, everything in this feels tacked on to me.
1: Well, again, technically it was brought in in chapter one. (laughs) I realized that. But like they. He even lists it that way as these are prologues here's chapter one
0: yeah but jojo had prologues too but they were brief and like introduced you to the characters in like i think a much more effective way and jojo still had a number of chapters afterwards
1: yeah i'm not saying that the structure of the volume is good i think because i had forgotten that like, I remembered it started this way, but I didn't think that the volume would just be those three prolog. Like, I didn't realize they
0: were as long as they were. Yeah, and, like, that's a problem. At al- also, I think it would have just been more interesting if we just started on chapter one. Like, I don't know that the insights in the prologues were needed here. I think Not right at the prologue, yeah. I think the pacing would have been much better if this stuff was revealed later. Because it just feels like Maka got bad luck, right? Cause she, like, the reason they're called to the principal's office is they all have attained zero souls. But Maka got 99 and just had to restart because he accidentally killed a cat.
1: Kid had some number and had to restart because he destroyed a pyramid.
0: Yeah. Like, I, well, that, but also he's the... not actually in the remedial course. He's just yeah, kind of in the background. Right, whereas Blackstar actually is like a doofus. And like, we find it's like an important character bit where like he had the chance to and chose not to because it would have been a dick move. But like that, I think, is better as a reveal later to show actually this guy has some depth than yeah. it is like up front.
1: I do think the start is definitely a little janky because like he sets up the thing of like the death scythe is made by uh, getting 99 souls, human souls and a witch one. And Maka's like, yes, that was our 99th soul. Like that feels like a very weird start.
0: I mean, I get it if it's about what the death scythe is or if the witch is a big deal.
1: The witch is a big deal, but it like it's presented later. That the witch is a
0: big deal. Like it almost starts off with, like, yes, I've almost attained my goal. What? And like even like what is the death scythe? Like the Shinigami already has a death scythe. And we find out Maka wants to make a better death scythe because she hates her dad, basically. And as a character motivation, that actually pretty much works. And like I said, the metaphor there is pretty strong. But like, what would making another death scythe do? How would it be stronger than her dad? So that
1: does get explained more in the manga. It's not so Death Scythe is Maka's dad, the one the current Death Scythe. But it's actually just kind of like a a ranking. Like a title.
0: Yeah. That's what I figured.
1: Well and it's not it's not just a title, it's also kind of like becoming a Jonin or a Chunin kind gotcha. of okay. thing. So like they want to make all of these weapons weapon people more powerful. So it's like in order to do that you have to have these souls and then you become more powerful and The story starts progressing more, like I said. But I guess if
0: you eat a cat, you lose all that power.
1: Well, yeah, because they thought it was a
0: witch. (laughs) I I mean, I get it. It just, like I said, it just, it doesn't do anything for me. Like the entire story. Like I said, Maka's character, I wish there was a little more of it. She's a little straight-laced for my taste, but that's, like, important to contrast the other characters. Yeah. But I don't really care for Soul Eater much. And all the characters around them, like, just do nothing for me. Um, Like I said, Maka's got the strongest metaphor. I get her motivation and I could get behind her, but she's there for basically a chapter and a half of this entire volume. Yeah. When she's. She feels like she's supposed to be the main character. I don't know how accurate that is. She's basically the main character. When you give all three characters equal prologue, it feels like it should be more of an ensemble thing.
1: There definitely is a big ensemble thing. Like, they spend a lot of time working together. So it's kind of like Naruto, Sakura, and Sasuke kind of thing of like. Not that same dynamic, but the three of them start working a lot together to grow stronger.
0: Yeah, I guess to use that metaphor, though, it feels like if the only character Naruto had was yelling, believe it, and that was kind of all he had to him, and like yeah. Sasuke was just yelling about murder all the time and Sakura about boys, which sadly is kind of the case, but. Yep. It just feels like he's mistaken quirk for character, and he's like ratcheted up the quirk really, way high, but. Hasn't done any of the work behind it, and like I said, Mach is the exception because I definitely get what's going on with her and can sympathize with it.
1: Yeah, and he starts fleshing them out later. Like this isn't the best start ever, but I I still enjoyed the series. So uh, again, we start getting more insight into all of the characters and not just the because, like you said, they are all just quirk. Black Star is the assassin who is. Loud. Uh, starved, starved for attention. Yeah, so he needs to be—he needs to be the center of attention, which is very bad for an assassin. And like that's his flaw.
0: Yeah, but also he doesn't seem like he's—I don't know. Like, it, and like I said, mock is just really upset at boys because her dad betrayed her, her mom, and her, in her opinion, her. Yeah. Which again is like the strongest by far. Blair is just a sexy cat who dresses like a witch and has pumpkin powers. Yeah. I she's
1: literally just the sex appeal. Like I'm you're, just... you're putting too much thought into her.
0: I mean, I just this is
1: a comic for young boys, Jeremy.
0: I know, but look, we never learn is all sex appeal, and I like all of those girls. Ogata's fine. Like is and it's my job to criticize. No, I shouldn't say job, but it's a podcast for critiquing manga. And like I said, it just did not hold my interest. I I can Google sexy anime lady, and get a lot of that.
1: Yeah, but at the time this was being written, you couldn't.
0: How old is it? I don't know if it says. It definitely did not seem older than the internet to me. It's not older than the internet. It can't be older than DeviantArt. Let me put it that way. Yeah, that's probably true. So yeah, I just didn't care for it. This is probably like the least interested I've been in among. Because even the isekai stuff, while I didn't like it, I could at least appreciate, hey, this is what's going on. Clearly they're adapting this from another medium and they don't care about this adaptation and that sucks. Yeah, but that doesn't mean the core here is bad. Whereas this, like I said, it just feels like they're throwing stuff at the wall at me and seeing if anything sticks. Yeah, is there anything you want to say about it? Because I do feel like I've been a bit of a doubter. I don't mean
1: to just well, not anymore.
0: Like.
1: <laughs> no, I did. I definitely felt like the pacing of this was very weird. Essentially, there is only one chapter in this entire volume, and it's not that long of a chapter. And I think it starts getting more interesting. I think you got a lot hung up on the prologues. And I do agree that they probably would have been better not. That's three quarters of the manga, though. (laughs) I get that. But what I mean is, I think the story starts taking off and becoming a bit more interesting. Like, I agree that it is very poorly bundled. But I actually do like the story. And I think the characters start developing a little bit more. So even though this volume was three-quarters prologue, I think the first chapter, like, if it had been, like, a regular volume of manga where we had the first seven chapters where, like, stuff happens, not, all right, so, this guy's now a zombie.
0: I mean, I think there's a reason you don't start with three chapters of prologue, typically. Like I said, it doesn't, it didn't feel to me like this was the start, which is why I asked you, hey, did the anime start this way? It, It really feels to me like, an American comic book thing where 50 issues later, they did an issue zero. And then they just started to throw that in the front. Yeah.
2: So the big
1: thing is, I don't know if this is how it started when they were serializing it.
0: I assume it must have been. Because, like, the volume comes out so soon afterwards, right? Yeah. It would be madness to do three chapters of prologue just for the first volume, right? Yeah. And, like, it makes the thing worse, so why would you do it? Yeah, but at the
1: same time, this series also went ran to completion for quite a long time, so...
0: I mean, I clearly am the minority, or at least it was popular enough in wherever it ran. I mean, because it's a series I was vaguely familiar with. I recognized the character designs, at least. Yep. I just didn't care for it at all. <laughs> Which is a point I've made twice, so sorry. I, I was trying to let you make your points, so I did not mean to step on you like that.
1: That's really all I have to... Much more to say about that for this first volume. It was very weirdly done.
0: Yeah. All right, so that will bring us to personality power level then. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality power level is the segment where we rank manga characters from best to worst. At the very top, we have everybody's favorite orange loudmouth ninja, Uzumaki Naruto. At the very bottom, we have that guy who's not Yamcha from that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. And then in the center, we have Asta from Black Clover. So are we going to rank Maka for this? She makes the most sense to me. Yeah. But if you had another suggestion.
1: Well, clearly we're going to rank Soul Eater because he's the titular character and you, you know should... nothing about him. So I got to
0: put him wherever I want. I mean, I know that I he's annoying and that there are lots of jokes about him being a pervert when he's not, although sometimes he is. Yeah, no, we will rank Maka. It makes a lot more sense. I don't think she's as good as Asta personally, but you're more familiar with both characters. So what do you say on that? No, not really.
1: She definitely progresses quite a lot in the over the course of the, the entire series, which is something that I like. She's not kind of like... Goku's kind of stagnant as a character. Yeah. Versus Maka does tend to... Does really progress over the course of the story. So... But I think I still like Asta a little bit more. He kind of starts off with less and then go somewhere
0: speaking of not really developing though i think i'm willing to put her above ichigo from bleach uh, depending on your thoughts there
1: yeah i i really like where she goes she kind of she kind of gets over well not gets over her dad but she starts you know growing up over the course of the series which is nice
0: and i do like i said the metaphor there i think is strong with her Whereas the other ones are just quirk. Like, her quirk is really, like, it's, it's just an exaggeration of a person you know. Yep. Which works fine. I'd probably put her above Takeshi Hongo from Common Rider, too. Yeah, I don't really know anything about Takeshi, so sure. But I want to argue her below Red from Pokemon Adventures, because she ain't no Mickey Mouse. No, she is not no Mickey Mouse. And, like, Red, Red doesn't develop as much, but he also develops a little bit... He goes on, and I just like Red more, if I'm being honest. But, like, if you have an argument for why she should go above Red, I will hear it.
1: No, because I don't know much about Red, so I can't really make that argument.
0: Okay, so Maka will go at number 21. Does she have a last name? Maka Death Scythe? (laughs) Is she Mecha Death Scythe? No, I don't think she's Maka Death Scythe. How Um, did I not make a Gundam Wing joke this entire episode? I had,
1: like, six planned. I don't know. I can't help you there. I've never seen it. I think she might. I'll put it in the list if she does. But... We don't know it at the moment.
0: So Maka will go at number 21, below red from Pokemon, but above Common Rider. So what are we going to read next week, Kevin? So
1: next week, we're going to be reading something else that I've seen, at least at the start of the anime for. I still want to go through it. It's long. But it is Toriko. Another one of those. I see it a lot in the vein of dragon ball z and one piece they actually did a cool crossover event where all of them got together goku luffy and the titular torko but it is a food-based fighting not fighting system but like think of in hunter hunter with the gourmet hunters torko is a gourmet hunter and so it's like kind of the story from his perspective of like he's off to find the best flavor ever
0: yeah, and Toriko is, like I said, I'm also familiar with it in the same way. I've never actually watched any of it, but I have always been curious about it.
1: Yeah, I've seen the first, like, 12 episodes and then just kind of stopped. Like, I was enjoying it, and it's just, there's a lot. It's like trying to, I want to get caught up on the One Piece anime, and that's going to be a chore. So, <laughs> it's not. it's not nearly that long, but there's still hundreds of episodes.
0: All right, so until then, thank you for listening. Our website is www.lastpodcast.com. Go there, join our Discord, talk to us, tell us what manga you like, tell us what anime you're watching this season, tell me why I'm wrong about Dr. Stone. But I'm right.
1: What do you mean, Dr. Stone? The anime.
0: Oh. Our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fistfight by Tom W. Emerit. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions, and our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt. Kevin, is there anything you'd like to plug this week? Not this week. All right. We'll see you guys next week.